0: Okay, here's the deal. Uh, it's The Snark Factor. I'm Fingers Malloy. She's Sarah Smith. It's Wham Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 FM, live on tape at CPAC 2022 in Orlando, Florida. We have a lot coming up this hour. We're going to have a bunch of interviews for people from Town Hall, The Washington Times. Uh, the transitions may be weird because we're going to be editing these interviews, to try to get it all in in one hour. If you want to hear all the interviews in their entirety, follow us on the podcast. Check it out on your favorite podcast platform. It's at Apple, it's Stitcher, it's, it's everywhere. You can find it. Uh, just look for it, The Snark Factor. And away we go. California is a dumpster fire. You've got overregulation, uh, overtaxation. Gas prices are out of control, and we sit here in Michigan and we think, thank God we aren't California, but it's creeping our way. Welcome back. It's the Snark Factor on WAM Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 FM. Joining us right now is our good friend Kira Davis, editor at large over at Red State, and also the host of the Just Listen to Yourself podcast, where you can find really at all of your favorite podcast platforms. Yes. Hi, Kira.
1: Hi, Fingers.
0: You're based in California.
1: Yes, I am.
0: <laughs> You're the canary in the coal mine for the rest of us. Uh, it's not y-
1: looking good, guys. I'm suffocating, <laughs> FYI.
0: <laughs> well, we often talk a lot on the show about how when you look at California, you look at New York, uh, there are these states, uh, there are these ultra, ultra blue districts that there are trial balloons that the left likes to throw out there uh, to see if it'll stick. And then once you know this policy happens to stick, then it'll start expanding and, and, and drift off into red states. Uh, we've you, You've lived in California for how long? Uh, 12 years. 12 years. Tell us what it's like to, to actually live day by day in California as a conservative.
1: Well, we moved from the Midwest. So we moved from Northwest Indiana to uh, California. So Michigan... Guys, I'm like a, a Michigan person. Like, we've got that was our vacation destination up there <laughs> from uh, Gary, Indiana. And when we moved to uh, California 12 years ago, even the sticker shock was, um, oh, it, it nearly broke us. Like, we were we went from being upper middle class to living paycheck to paycheck, and it probably took us a, f- a good five years to recover. I went from paying. $800 a month on a mortgage for a home granted the home was in the middle of the hood in Gary Indiana but it was it was a home it was a right. nice house that I was very proud of to paying over $3,000 a month just for two bedrooms in uh, in a neighborhood that was safe the sticker shock was it was unbelievable
0: yeah you you see these home shows whether it's a a flip it show or you know young couples that are looking for homes in California and you you see a 1,500-square-foot ranch, and I know it's it's different property values across California, but as a, if we're going to generalize here, yeah. you'll see, oh, it's a three-bedroom, 1,500-square-foot ranch, and you look at the house, and you think, uh, as someone in the Midwest, it's like, oh, that's probably $175,000, and they say, oh, <laughs> it's $1.8 <laughs> and you're like, how in the heck can people afford
1: this? And you just get... It's like the frog boiling in water. You get used to it, like... I am, like, my husband came to me the other day and he's like, oh, what do you think of this house? And I was like, it's almost a million dollars. Like, he was actually considering putting (laughs) a bid on it. I'm like, I think we could get four of these in in Indiana (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and just go back. But no, life in California is every bit as crazy as people think it is. It it truly is. In fact, it's crazier.
0: Well, have you been tempted, you know, when the the Great Recession happened in, in 2008 in Michigan, there were... There was a mass exodus of people leaving Michigan. I mean, it, you, there were uh, reports that if you wanted to rent a U-Haul going from, say, the Detroit area to, to Phoenix, it'd be like $500 or it'd be like $5,000. But if you wanted to rent a U-Haul from Phoenix back to Detroit, it was, it was something ridiculous, like $500 because yeah. they needed the trucks going back. Uh-huh. The trucks we're leaving. There's this, there seems to be a mass exodus out of California, and I'm assuming a lot of it is conservatives. Oh, no,
1: it's everybody. I, we lost a congressional seat for the first time in California history this past year because we it's been so uh, it is not just conservatives. It's not. It's everybody because life is so hard in California right now. And with the covid restrictions, I I think what happened was before covid, every a lot of us could distract ourselves with life in California. There's a lot of distraction there. People ask, like, how can you put up with stuff there? Well, there's a lot of shine in California life. We sure. have Hollywood whose job it is is to literally put a, a facade on everything and literally glamorize things. And so um, we have the beaches. We have parks. We have mountains. We have skiing. We have Hollywood. We have uh, Silicon Valley. Like, we have so much... Uh, uh, fun stuff to distract ourselves with. But when COVID came, it all got shut down. Like Newsom even shut down the fricking beaches. Yeah. So all of a sudden people didn't have any of the fun stuff. And then you're looking around and you're going, well, what am I paying to be here for? (laughs) Like, I can't even go to the beach. I can't even surf at the beach. And then what happened was schools were closed. And the the majority of people that I've seen moving have been families who, let me tell you, didn't make that decision. After two or three years of of batting it around, they made it in like two months. Yeah. Like going going from I'll never leave California to uh, we're off to Texas because I need my kids in school, and I don't, you know. And, and there's no guarantee that school's going to open. And what's important to me is my child gets an education, and Zoom School ain't cutting it. So we've seen mass exodus of both blue and red families. Leaving California, there's no discrimination when it comes to what you need for your kids.
2: Okay, well, what does that what does that say for like the future of public schools in California? Then, like, I'm I'm sure it's not there's just an exodus rude. from the schools, not from the state, but from the from yeah, public schools. That is absolutely also. happening. 100%. So everybody's going. Even if they're if they're staying in the state, they're going private. They're going like so. The public school system in California,
1: LAUSD lost ninety thousand students. Just disappeared wow. during COVID. They are gone. They don't know where they went. Or if they do, they're not telling us. Wow. They don't have any record of them. 90,000 students just disappeared during the COVID lockdowns. And they're still doing crazy stuff like testing five-year-olds once a week before they're allowed to even get into the school. Um, they've got an outdoor mask mandate oh my. for uh, for kids, um, which they're going to drop the outdoor mask mandate this weekend. Oh, yay. But... Um, I even my I live in a wealthy county. I live in Orange County, and I, I my kids go to a really wealthy school. You know, and they go to school with the sons and daughters of actors and actresses and athletes. We have a lot of athletes in Orange County. They, they sure. move out there, and um, and even they, I'm getting phone calls and emails from the school going, "Are you going to enroll next year?" Like they are so desperate, desperate. to know what the income level is going to be for next year that um, you can see
2: the sweat. Right. Like they are sweating. So when you say they disappeared, like that's not, you're not just talking about people whose families moved out of the state or they like, we they don't know. Do not know. They don't exist.
1: They never re registered for school. Wow. I, 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 for a moment there, a lot of the families were, these are a lot of immigrant families that are going back to Mexico. They're going back to Mexico to get a better education, <laughs> yeah. more freedom in Mexico. I a guess. lot of them are, but a lot of oh. them, well, COVID, of course, affected most illegal immigrants. And we have a right. huge uh, community in California. And regardless of what you think about their status, they depend on these under the table jobs, they depend on getting um, cash work or You know, cleaning or, you know, stuff that they can get on the side, all that closed down because hotels closed, restaurants closed, and they don't want to file for unemployment because they don't want to be on the record. And so, a lot of them, what they had to do is they had to keep their kids home from school to work. Wow. And so, yeah, we're missing. Yeah, the situation missing. is desperate. Yeah. And I'll tell you what the desperate government tired. knows it. Yeah, they do. Yeah.
0: Kira Davis, uh, editor at Large at redstate.com joins <laughs> us, also the host of Just Listen to Yourself, a podcast that you need to find on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, I want to pivot a little bit to the things you're doing at Red State and really it's it's more of a conversation about being a conservative content provider in this current climate. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, so so much has been made of people being deplatformed. Uh, what What hurdles do you have to, to go over when, when it comes to providing content? Are, are you worried about big tech throttling your traffic and Absolutely. things like that?
1: They are throttling our traffic. We deal with this at Red State every single day. It's becoming a full-time job. And uh, that is why you're beginning to see people move to the paywalls or Substack. You and I were having a, yes. a conversation last night about it where uh, people are, I know that a lot of your listeners out there might feel a little apprehensive about um, the content that they love, you know, sort of beginning to charge. They might feel like, oh, well, I, I want this for free. Uh, why is this person putting this behind a paywall? But what we're doing is we're protecting our content because I think what a lot of people don't understand is that when the only way you get paid off the internet is through advertising <laughs> and your advertisers can choke you off by saying, Oh, we don't like it when you talk about trans issues or we don't like it when you talk about, um, uh, the hashtag me too, or, you know, whatever the issue right. they don't like, if you don't address it the way they like, they'll pull their sponsorship. And well, that's the only way you make money. And so, um, what, the, a lot of times it's not direct censorship we're suffering. It's censorship from from, finan- it's financial censorship. So we put this stuff behind a paywall A, so that the censors at, we don't have to go through the censors at Facebook and the fact checkers at the, the quote unquote fact checkers on right. Twitter. We don't have to go through them because you guys are paying directly for the content. So we don't need Twitter to share our content right to get paid you guys are paying for it but also it keeps us free from being slaves to the advertisement gods
0: well we're all supposed to be conservative here right Mm -hmm. and there there seems to be and i understand a a pushback when it comes to paying for content because it's been free for so long sure but i mean things you could really point to what started to change was the the whole rush limbaugh sandra flock fluke controversy. Uh, yeah. And uh, after that, you, you saw advertisers pull back and say, well, you know, I don't necessarily want to be um, associated with conservative talk radio. And the ads started changing from a, maybe a traditional ad to more of uh, this is a product and use my offer code. And yeah. know, that so you started seeing subtle changes. And now with a lot of popular conservative websites that, you know, some of them had a really... Uh, maybe too much of a reliance on Facebook. Facebook has so much power uh, to be able to throttle traffic down. You know, we need to have our favorite websites protect themselves by having some sort of VIP content. Uh, and I and I know it upsets people, but if you're a conservative and you want to support conservative sites, that to have a a voice for conservative media, we have to start shifting our thinking away from everything is free. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because your writers don't work for free. You have to pay your writers. You you have to pay your support staff. And so I I understand the frustration about paying for for content when you never used to have to. But if you want to see websites like Red State Survive... Unfortunately, that's what what the future is. You're not just
1: paying for content; you're paying for free speech. Yes, (laughs) basically what you're paying for. And uh, we still have like a a, a thriving free site at RedState. I mean, you can go over there and get all get a lot of stories for free. But what we are starting to do is to build up what we what we call a VIP segment, right? So you can pay extra and you get bonus content, you get exclusive uh, columns, you get an exclusive podcast from people like me that I only do for our VIP. But the point is, is that I don't people do not realize that every single day Facebook clamps down on us. We have a whole segment of our office that is just dedicated to appealing um, restrictions. And people would be shocked to know we get uh, censored a lot on the covid stuff. That's not shocking. But people would. The number one thing we get censored on climate.
0: Ah, uh, And that's coming.
1: Climate change. That's the next we emergency. We are censored. Uh, for our climate change reporting, all the time, and in fact, you're going to get kicked out of this. We had a story pulled recently, and we had to go, and we source meticulously because we have to, because we have to, we have to show them our sources, right? And we only pick liberal sources nowadays because we're going to go back. We source meticulously, and um, so we sent them. We said, "No, you you guys got this wrong. Here's our sourcing from the New York Times, from the uh, UN, everything, and um, the." Uh, the fact checkers came back and said, oh, you're right, yes, you did source this, but we didn't care for the tone oh. of the article. Oh. And the, the tone of the article said something different than the sources, and so we need you to take it down. They fact checked our tone.
0: Amazing, and I and I really want to, to go back to a, a statement you just made, because you're a content provider. You should be paying writers uh, and whoever, whatever uh, support staff that's necessary to keep the website going, And the infrastructure when it comes to to having a website like this, the idea that you have to pay people, to have people on staff that just are worried about ticking off Facebook, yeah, that goes to cost. And the the more cost of doing business and going back to, well, unfortunately, we're going to have to start shifting our mentality that we're going to have to start paying for some of this content. I mean, because the idea that you have to have extra staff just to
1: worry about Facebook is crazy. It is crazy, and it's insulting. I mean, when that came back, we were infuriated. Oh, well, your tone wasn't correct. It's one thing to—but it, this is what they do. We get around—we're smart, so we get around them, right? We, okay, if you're going to start fact-checking us with your fake fact-checkers, then we're going to only quote liberal sources. So every time you have a problem with what we say, we're going to be like, you said it, not us. Well, then they were like, oh, okay, fine, but then we don't like the tone. Well, what you're telling me is you're fact-checking my opinion.
0: Well, and it puts you at a competitive disadvantage, too. Do you think, uh, uh, say, uh, Jezebel or the Palmer Report or or some of these liberal websites have to have staff on on site, you know, working with them to make sure that they aren't ticking off Facebook? It's crazy.
1: Yeah. No, I know. And that is the thing. Like, um, our liberal competitors are not getting fact-checked. We know this because they put out lies all the time. Uh, they're not getting fact-checked. So, yeah, it does, but that's the whole point. It's putting out as com- us at a competitive disadvantage.
0: Keira Davis, editor-at-large at Red State and host of uh, Just Listen to Yourself. The podcast uh, is available on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks so much for joining me today.
1: My pleasure. Anytime.
0: We'll be back with more of the Snark Factor on Wham Talk 1600 AM, 92.7 FM, right after this. Republicans have expanded their midterm election advantage over Democrats by 4 percentage points and now enjoy a 13-point lead in the latest generic congressional ballot. And we're talking with Kerry Pickett of The Washington Times, who wrote about that recently. Hello, Kerry.
3: Hello. How are you?
0: I'm fine. How are you? So let me ask you this. So they've expanded their lead uh, in the generic uh, congressional ballot. Would you say it's because it's the economy stupid? Uh, Is it the... The, the continued uh, kind of uh, hanging on to the, the COVID restrictions? Is it wokeism? Is it all the above? What do you think it is?
3: Um, well, you've mentioned a, a few of them. Mainly it has to do with inflation, money in people's pockets. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the COVID stuff. People just, just want to move on. Uh, but here's the thing, though. What's interesting about this particular congressional ballot uh, poll, which was done by Rasmussen Reports, was that uh, they the Republicans expanded their lead by four points, uh, and that was um, since last January, or rather, last month, rather. And uh, if you go back to when the Democrats took back the House in January of 2018, uh, they had the uh, lead over Republicans by nine points in wow. January. They had net they never were ahead of Republicans uh, by 13 points back in January of 2018. And going forward into their midterm elections, when they took back the house from Republicans, it only went downward after mm-hmm. nine points. So basically, Republicans are doing much better going forward, apparently. It- Maybe taking back the House uh, in, in November than Democrats did back in January of 2018, because afterwards, uh, by November 2018, it was a statistical dead heat. So the question is now that Republicans are 13 ahead in this generic congressional ballot, it's likely going to narrow and it could possibly get down to maybe four or five, six points come November. We'll see. Wow.
0: Well, uh, you, you know, you're the senior uh, congressional reporter for The Washington Times. What's the mood on the Hill? I mean, you're seeing Democrats, it, it seems like a record number, saying, hey, I'm not running for re- re-election. Right. I'm oh, done. Yeah. Are they sensing kind of a political bloodbath?
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, we've already seen 30 retirements from a Democrats. Most of those retirements, I want you guys to keep in mind, because people are saying, oh, wow, we can take those seats. No, no, no. Most of those retirements are Democrats who are in safe seats. But... Those retirements are people who are, like, either in their 70s, 80s, and who are like, well, I don't want to stick around and be in my 70s or 80s and, you know, be be in the minority. I was already in the minority, like, decades ago. Uh, Let people like AOC and Rashida Tlaib, let them fight through the minority the way I had to fight through, through the minority way back when, because... Uh, many of those newcomers had never been in, in, in a minority before, so they want them to go through what they went through. That's that's and fair. That is, true. You, you know, this is one of those things where in, now people say, "Well, hold on a second, Carrie. What about Nancy Pelosi? She said that she's running for reelection. Well, duh. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, of, of, she's living like, the life. Like, well, but, but <laughs> you know what, though? Keep in mind, uh, it, it wasn't like uh, you had, uh, you know, Paul Ryan. He, he didn't say, oh, I'm, I'm not running for re-election. Uh, when when the Republicans were, were about to, to lose the House, every leader whose party is about to lose the, the the chamber never says, oh, I'm not running for re-election. They always say, well, of course I'm running for re-election. And then when their party loses the House, eventually what they do is they say, okay, I'm taking off. <laughs> it's, it's always out of the fact. Right. You know, That's how it works. So what will eventually happen is... You know the uh, the person who is who is going to be running for her seat, and this is only if Republicans win the lower chamber. This is hypothetical. You know she'll likely have a say in it. You know perhaps behind the scenes, and she'll, and she'll move on after the fact.
0: Mm-hmm. Carrie Pickett's joining us on the Snark Factor. I'm Fingers Malloy, along with Sarah Smith on Lamb Talk 1600 AM, ninety two point seven FM. Uh, how do the Republicans screw this up? Because <laughs> you can never underestimate the power of the Republican Party to to screw something up. Uh, how do they blow this?
3: What lose the lower chamber? <laughs> well, uh, any number of ways they could possibly uh, get into a into a position of a, uh, a of a particular issue that could very much anger their party, maybe uh, compromise their uh, principles in some way, shape, or form, maybe uh, in uh in on a particular bill uh, on. On a spending bill, uh, right now, perhaps uh, intra-party fighting in uh, in some way. But as of now, uh, it looks like they're going forward towards taking back the uh, chamber. But usually, it has to do with upsetting their base.
0: Right. That's what I was just about to ask. It, it, it would be more to do with maybe not necessarily riling up the opposition's base as it is doing something that will so alienate their base that a lot of them stay home.
3: Right. Keep in mind, uh, I mean, everybody knows the formula about the party and powers uh, uh, usually loses uh, a lot of seats uh, after the uh, first midterm. I mean, it's like, OK, yeah, we all know that. But also remember what the numbers are. Uh, it's usually when they when they get below 50 percent. Okay, as far as their their polling is concerned, right now Biden is at like what forty ish yeah. right yeah. now. So it's not pretty. And so like you have some Democrats who have a sort of wishful thinking. Oh well, he can come back. Okay, sure, whatever. Uh-huh. I mean, you're talking about and these are and this is in recent times because the only uh, people who have kind of come back from that, and I'm talking about the first term. All right, has been. Uh, you have George W. Bush. Well, gee, how did he do that? Well, it was we're, we're talking about 9/11. Okay. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Ukraine is
2: not going to quite be Biden's 9/11. That's exactly, for sure. Right. Exactly. Right? Right.
3: exactly.
2: <laughs> so
0: another piece you had at the Washington Times recently, uh, Washington Democrat calls bull. You know what? On proposed rule banning stock trades for members of Congress. I, I think a lot of people who really don't follow politics very closely probably think to themselves, I can't believe there isn't a ban on, on, on that. There's no way this is ever going to change, is it? I mean, there'll be some kind of window dressing bill that may get through, but there's always going to be a workaround.
3: Correct. Uh, t- about 10 years ago, the Stock Act passed, uh, in which when uh, members traded stocks, uh, they had to d- disclose it. I think what is it, 40, 45 days? I I don't have the exact number on me. But they had to to disclose it in, like, a a certain number of days, I think around around 40-ish days. And still, people felt that, understandably so, that they were kind of getting around it in in some way, shape, or form. So now uh, they're saying, you know what, because it seems like the uh, members are sort of skirting the whole issue the, and, and the whole act that they should just be banned from trading it all together. And they're saying, wait, wait, hold on a second. I have a blind trust. I have someone do it huh? for me. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's... And so some of them are, are sort of complaining. It's like, I have nothing to do with it. right? And they're saying, well, wait, wait, hold on a second. Your husband is also doing it, which is what Nancy Pelosi's husband is. Exactly. So, you know there's some complaints about this and they're trying to figure out a way. But let me tell you something. There's also other things going on too. They're also uh, trying to get uh, congressional staffers to unionize. Okay? There's a whole movement right now on the Hill. Oh
2: my And of course
3: it's, it's being pushed by Democratic staffers. Of course. They're, they're trying to unionize right now. Now, It's interesting because people are wondering, well, wait, is this only going to apply to Democrat um, offices? And will Republican offices be exempt? Or will, I mean, how is this going to go down? And then you're thinking, well, wait, what about the bosses on Capitol Hill who are known to be terrors to their staffers? Absolutely. Infamously.
0: I I just can't imagine a a scenario where you have uh, a congressional staffer uh, upset and calling a a, a, a union rep, mm-hmm. a committeeman, to to voice a complaint, to have some sort of grievance process uh, mm-hmm. on, on Capitol Hill. It's, uh, it's a big it's,
3: issue right now.
0: Uh, it's amazing. Well, unfathomable. Uh, Carrie, we're we're wrapping up day one of uh, CPAC 2022. In, in your mind, the lead for day one is
3: oh, definitely. I'd say that you had. Have- people who are incredibly just enamored by the fact that they are coming together to see how things have kind of have, have like changed since last year. Since they, they they kind of walked in stunned and weary that they that like Donald Trump lost. Mm-hmm. And they kind of felt that Oh my gosh, what happened? And this year, there came in like, "Wow, we have a chance to to like take take back something because once again, the left overdid it."
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, you can find Carrie Pickett's work over at the Washington Times, and you can hear her from time to time fill in as a radio host on Sirius XM Patriot One Twenty Five. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us.
3: No problem.
0: We'll be back with more of The Snark Factor on Wham Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 FM, right after this. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is acting like a tyrant, a, a strong man, which is, is really ironic when you think about it, because A, if you tested his blood type, I'm pretty sure it would be soy, and, and B, I, I heard that in college he was voted most likely to cry after sex. Welcome back to The Snark Factor. I'm Fingers Malloy, along with Sarah Smith. And joining us right now, at our little booth here at CPAC 2022, it's a senior columnist over at Town Hall. Uh, it's our good buddy Kurt Schlichter. How are you, Kurt? Well, I need to know: Are we FCC compliant? Unfortunately.
4: Oh man, because I had ten minutes on Raymond Burr uh. and his uh, <laughs> legendary chili feed. It was, I mean, it was gonna, it was, uh, it was gonna make you know changes in your perceptions it, uh, mm-hmm.
0: yeah
2: well, i have, just love to save it for a podcast yeah. yikes yikes
0: unfortunately i've gone corporate you've gone corporate I've sold out yeah dozens of dollars i've sold out
4: <laughs> dozens of dollars so i like the tony katz uh coaster that's
2: not that nice? Nice. nice it's nice yeah.
4: it's mm-hmm. simple it's stark mm-hmm. it's confusing to me you had a bottle of whiskey here
0: yeah i was tony's that was,
2: yeah. it's gone yeah, we drank Those it all. Know. We drank it all during the day while we were working. No, you didn't drink it all. You took it. <laughs> it
4: was not even open.
0: Okay, so oh, you. God, your your latest lows. Your latest column, Trudeau's Canadian fascism is a bigger threat to America than Putin. I'm good. I'm just going to give you the floor. Because that, some people think, oh, that's so hyperbolic, but I, I don't think you're off base. Oh,
4: well, look, and I, I write that, and just it, it gets published just as uh, Putin invades Ukraine. <laughs> right. So I'm sure a bunch of leftists are gone, yeah, that didn't age well. Well, <laughs> neither did you, you <laughs> punk ass. Anyway, um, the, 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 the fact is, uh, look, and I, I trained soldiers in Ukraine. I deployed with a, a unit that had Ukrainians attached as a battalion. I sympathize with the Ukrainians uh... this is the ukrainians fight my fight is to preserve freedom in my country and that is under threat we have an aspiring dictator on our northern border a guy who declares a state of emergency when uh... working people dissent uh... he takes their money without due process he silences them he throws them in jail You know, a a woman who simply organized the pro advocate for the protests uh... was denied bail a guy who ran his car into human beings uh out on the protest was granted bail okay this is and 65 percent of democrats according to a poll uh, agree with this and think that's a great idea here all right i am more concerned about our freedom than ukrainian freedom does not mean i'm not concerned about ukrainian freedom i'm concerned about lots of things
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
4: but i am also an adult and i prioritize and that's my priority and I know that's not the approved one of the ruling class, but they can kick my, kiss my class if you know what I'm saying.
0: I know what you're saying, and I, and really, I never would have dreamed uh, that something like that could even happen in this country until we saw what happened with the, the, the COVID lockdowns and now with the masks. Well oh, the July six people? Yeah,
4: well,
2: January, January. Well, what? <laughs> no, no.
4: <laughs> July <January 6th>. six. <laughs> no, that it's a more, it's a bespoke incident. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, you probably never heard you probably, of it. Exactly. Yeah. It Thank exactly. you.
0: Well, no, I, I've been saying on the show for a long time that the, the masks for the left, in a lot of ways, is the awareness ribbon on steroids. Yes. It's, it's, it's like it's all the issues to, to show that you're a much better person. It's not just breast cancer or AIDS. But if you're old enough to remember the the awareness ribbons, that's what it was, or the one issue, and they're wearing it. Now, the, with the mask and them not wanting to take it off, it's this soapbox. It, it, I, I'm look, better it, than it, you. It, it, it's
4: part of the whole liberal religion. Yeah. They, they they don't have any god, so they fill that hole up with nonsense. Exactly, and and they really get kind of a, a quasi sexual arousal out of you know being the, you know being a good person in their bizarre definition of it. They just want to look down on people, and it's not like they've achieved anything. It's not like they've done anything. Most of them are um, sexually dissatisfied uh, Trader Joe Chardonnay uh, screw top uh, uh, wine women. And they've done nothing in their lives. Their children are useless. Their husband's sexually inadequate and uh, uh, rights to the bulwark. And, and, and they, I mean, their life is empty and they want to fill it up with hassling us. And I think we're done with that.
0: Yeah. But, you know, going back to what we, were, we, we started the segment with, you see what's going on in Canada and so many people cheerleading. Uh, in Canada, I, what's happened to the Canadian people? It's well, the Canadians
4: were always a weak people. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them uh, were uh, the, the British supporters that we kicked out of here as unworthy. Uh, they've shown themselves in, in large number, not all of them, as unworthy of being a free people because they've tolerated this crap. Yeah, And uh, apparently, according to polls, a majority of Canadians think this was a great idea. Well, then you're a serf. And I, I think you should just own it. You'll probably be comfortable on the scraps they allow you. You'll, you you know, it doesn't bother you that someone else is telling you how to think, how to feel, what to do. If that doesn't bother you. I, I can't help you. But you're not a man. Yeah. You're not a citizen. To me, you're nothing. And I, I, I would pity you to the extent I thought of you at all. Yeah. But the problem is this... Tumor is on our, uh, uh, you know, on our rear end, and I don't want it to metastasize through my country because there are a lot of people here who think, "What a great idea! If I could only put my opponents in jail and shut them up and uh, make them not dissent by taking away their livelihoods, uh, everything would be fine." I think, "What a good idea!" Uh, keep in mind, we though are taking notes. Just tell me what the rules are.
0: Well, and you are living currently in in Canada, light. in in, in California
4: Canada with palm trees
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Canada with better weather
0: yeah I had a discussion earlier with uh, Kira Davis our good friend Kira Davis over at Red State she's in California as well and uh, you know she talked about what it's like to live there from a conservative perspective and you, you hear so many people who live outside of California that say, why don't you just move? Why don't you just move? Why should you move?
4: Why, why should I? First of all, I'm a lawyer, and that was a place made to enrich lawyers. And I feel if people are stupid enough to throw money at me, I'm going to be smart <laughs> enough to catch it. Um, but it's pathetic. I, you know, I went into Trader Joe's the other day because you know I'm a California cliche, and everyone's wearing a mask except me. And mm. I didn't make a big deal about it. I'm not. I, I, I don't. You know, if you got want to be, a, if you want to be sheep, man, I. I I can't help you. I just don't want to wear a stupid freaking darn mask. He he, he said freaking, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I said freaking mask. And um, uh, this lady looks at me and goes, excuse me. And I was like, ah, now I got to deal with this idiot. (laughs) And she says, could you reach over and grab those pitas for me? (laughs) Because I got very small, stubby arms. I'm <laughs> just a delightful lady. Right. And I, I, I got for her and thanked her. You know, Here you go. Thank you. Have a nice day. I appreciate it. And I was like, oh, okay. Most Californians are misguided. Uh, some are evil. <laughs> some are just dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like you. I like the weather.
0: Well you, well, you had a similar story, you know, because you live in Maryland. In
2: Maryland. We just lifted our mask mandate this past week. And the husband went to the grocery store and he was the, uh, even without the mandate, was the only person in a packed grocery store without a mask on. They're just
4: so used to it.
2: Right. Well, and again, it's that, it's this thing, these, you'll hear them, you'll hear a lot of liberals say this, uh, well, my politics are just that I care about other people. Right. Those are my politics. Which
4: Yes, only, that's the worst part of it. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Which not only implies that if you disagree with me, you don't care about people. But secondly, like this is, again, with the mask, it's how they signal how caring they are.
4: Well, the thing is, when they care about me, that means they want me to make good choices, which means their choices. Exactly. And I really don't, you know, uh, b- besides the mere fact that nobody's going to tell me what to do, why do you presume that you're smarter or more capable than me? I, here's sounds- my resume. Can you top that? I mean, I'm a pretty accomplished guy, and I don't need some uh, um, 22-year-old who writes for Weenus.net, uh, uh, you know, uh, giving me insights in how to live. It, it, it's not in
0: the cards. Well, the other thing, too, is because th- this is what their bubble is, it's also hard to be one of the first in the bubble to to step out of the bubble because they're yes. going to be accused of, oh, oh my goodness, you... Uh, you don't wear a mask. You must be one of those
2: deplorables.
0: You right. must be a Trump supporter. What are you, a
2: Republican now? Yeah, I-
0: exactly. So.
4: Well, it is a uh, it is a symbol or affirmation of uh, uh, acceptance. It's a totem, mm-hmm. an avatar that you agree with their worldview. I, I, I have a Um I just find it annoying. Uh, I, I I find it pathetic too. I'll see young people walking out in the sun. With a mask on, yeah. All by it's just like, just walking. and and it just, mm. I'm getting tired of um, the baloney. The you don't believe in science? Well, okay, you're you, you've got a mask that everyone agrees doesn't work. Yeah, but well, does, what about it? Does something? Well, <laughs> yeah, it makes you our <laughs> freaking servant. Um, you know. You don't believe in global warming. That's correct. It's a giant hoax. We passed about 10 different deadlines, and I'm old enough to remember the Ice Age, who's re- who, who, which was going to be also solved by giving them more money and power. Oh, well, you hate science. Okay, no. No, I have actual evidence. Yeah. Uh, like, the polar bears aren't on fire. That's evidence.
0: Well, the day's young. Uh- before we wrap things up, Kurt, Kurt Schlichter from townhall.com uh, is joining us on The Snark Factor. I'm Fingers Molloy. She's Sarah Smith. Uh, tell us about uh, Kelly Turnbull.
4: Uh, Kelly Turnbull is my, uh, uh, the character in my series of conservative action novels, uh, the, audiobook, uh, the one audiobook we've done so far, voiced by our mutual friend Tony Katz. And they are fun, and you should go get them. It starts with People's Republic. America splits, is two, splits in two, and Kelly Turnbull shoots a bunch of people. So there's a lot of that, and there's like six books. I've got another one coming called uh, We Will or We'll Be Back, The Fallen Rise of America. It comes out July 12th. It's from Regnery. Uh, I am pimping it like Huggy Bear, putting it on the street, saying, Lady, bring back my money. So
2: it's not in the Turnbull series? It is it's not. Separate- it is
4: nonfiction. Oh, right. It is, That's uh, exciting. We'll be back. The fall and rise of America. It is, uh, uh, I, think, I think it's okay. I think it's good. I, I, bet, like it's, it. I bet
2: it's more than okay. Uh, I Kurt. mean, it's
4: sexually graphic. I mean, you need to really be aware. It's like Fifty Shades of Gray, except what normal people do. Uh, not that weird, kinky, creepy, perverted stuff.
2: Hey, hey. Just
4: great, straight hey. up, normal stuff. That's another reason I can't stand uh, suburban wine women. They all bought Fifty Shades of Grey, and it's like, you're buying this stuff. You know, your husband's just not cutting it, man. Wise, right. you know what I'm
2: saying? Uh huh. Uh, I don't own Fifty Shades of Grey. I didn't see the movie or anything. As the woman, as the as the token woman at the table,
4: I, I, well, I can identify as a chick.
0: I, I can tell you uh, after after last night, I woke up Fifty Shades of Grey.
4: Nice. Oh, nice. So there's that. That's. It's very typical.
0: Yeah. Welcome to CPAC. CPAC. It's not
4: CPAC. It's little uh, fingers hurls. Yeah. Uh,
0: Well, uh, one more thing, Kurt. Uh, You know, this is, uh, how many CPACs for you now? I don't know. It's, 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 I I think this is like 12 for me. Uh, I got a lot of CPAC. I love CPAC, though. Yeah. I had to see all my
4: friends. Some people are like, I hate CPAC. I'm like, I love CPAC. Mm -hmm. I hang with my friends. I eat.
0: I drink. Well, that, I, my kids are far from me. It's great. Well, the <laughs> thing that cracks me up on social media is a lot of the people who whine about CPAC. I know them because I met them at CPAC, and, and it's like this, 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 this thing where people are acting like, "Oh, it's changed so much." It hasn't changed. It's, it's, it it hasn't changed. It's happened. essentially
4: the same. There are some super. There are a fewer weirdos this year. <laughs> you know. Right. there's always the guy in the tricorner hat I haven't seen him yet mm-hmm. but I saw the guy on the Segway I did see oh. um,
2: Uncle Jam the guy who yes, dresses like, like Uncle Sam and but like plays music does he have a Segway? I've never seen him on a yeah, Segway yeah he's got
4: a Segway oh
2: I've only ever seen him on foot no, no he's
4: got a Segway oh, of I course he has a this. Segway of course yeah I mean the, the weirdos just add to color yeah um, and then there's uh, the guys with their own uh, bizarre agenda hi I've got a newsletter about fiat money <laughs> It's like all right
0: yeah. Can uh, you can you put me on your radio program? Yeah. The, I, I've got, uh, I'm a musician and I've got a new CD out and it's ten tracks. It's all about the Bill of Rights. And you're like, oh, that's gonna be a hot seller.
4: All right. That's gonna uh, be a hot seller. It's called seller. Third Amendment Blues.
0: <laughs>
4: Get out of my house, soldiers, unless Congress provides by law for me to house you.
0: He writes. Amazing. He sings. sings. It's Kurt Schlichter. Kurt, thank you so much for joining us.
4: Oh, man. I can't believe we're just not going to go on and on. I know. Corp- Talk like about the podcast. Co-
0: corporate radio now.
4: Oh, God. We got, we got
0: heartbreak. Hack.
4: <laughs> Hard.
0: <laughs> More of the Snark Factor on Wham Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 FM right after this. Well, now the party can get started. Welcome back to the Snark Factor. Wham Talk 1600 AM, 92.7 FM. I'm Fingers Malloy. Sarah Smith is with me as always. And joining us right now at CPAC 22 at the Wham Talk 1600 booth, it's our good friend Stephen Green, also known as the vodka pundit over at PJ Media. Stephen, how are you, sir?
5: I'm really well, and uh, I don't know whose dirty glass this is, but I just poured your four roses into it. And uh, I don't really care that it's a dirty glass because. If you are a serious drinker, well, you're you actually
0: commit. you're actually following your colleague Stephen Cruiser, who just drank out of that glass. Who followed
5: oh, wait, me, no.
2: so that was originally my glass. It's
5: you know, it's okay because uh, you probably don't know this, uh, fingers. But last night, Sarah Cruiser and I were a little drunk, and the three of us might have made out. Oh, I, okay. So we already have each other's cooties. Uh-huh. Right. Uh huh.
2: All three of us at the same time. At the same
0: time. Well, I figured yeah. she had the glass, then Cruiser had the glass, and, and now you have the glass. Uh, is this blockchain? Is that what is that the, the, what blockchain this is? This is how
5: blockchain works.
0: Yeah, uh, and this that is
2: how glass I finally is now ca- an NFT.
5: This is how I'm finally gonna catch Omicron. <laughs> I've been trying.
2: That's the one. It's the one you want to get.
5: I've been mean, going around hospitals, licking doorknobs. Nothing.
0: Yeah, you know, before we started talking, you said Let, let's not talk politics, and I'm I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, we don't have to talk politics. Uh, but let's talk maybe some real-life stuff. You're, you're yeah. based where? Uh, Monument, Colorado. It's
5: a, a tiny exurb uh, just north of Colorado Springs.
0: Okay. So how has your area kind of pulled away from COVID restrictions? Do you guys still have mask mandates there? What's what's going on?
5: We live in what's called southern Colorado. It's El Paso County. We're, we're about 45 minutes south of Denver. And it's one of the same parts of the state. Because the Denver-Boulder progressive axis runs the state government. But El Paso County is very conservative. The western slope on the other side of the mountain is very conservative. And Denver and Boulder don't listen to us. So we pretty (laughs) much stop listening to them. Okay. Uh, My kids haven't worn masks at school. They're 16 and 11 now in over a year, well over a year. Um, And our biggest problem uh, statewide is Governor Polis. Seems to very ser- sincerely believe the last thing that somebody told him. <laughs> so, we've been on for the last two years. We've been on a COVID seesaw because mm-hmm. somebody tells uh, Polis, "Oh, we all have to wear masks," and Polis says, "Oh, we all have to wear masks." And then somebody says, "You know, the masks aren't working." And Polis says, "You know, the masks
0: aren't working." Well, what's going to be interesting? We've talked about this on the show. I've kind of compared the the masks for the left to. Kind of a uh, awareness ribbon on steroids. It's for, for those who are. <laughs> That's what it is. For, for those who I'm now dating myself. Uh, you know, uh, awareness ribbons were huge back in the '90s and then in the early 2000s. If you had a little issue, whether you wanted to support breast cancer research or AIDS research, everybody had a ribbon to bring up on But I, this is the, the virtue signaling with the masks, uh, putting on a whole. A different plateau of showing people that you care about other humans and everyone else who doesn't wear a mask is uncaring. It's going to be so hard for them to let go of this. You know, I think I wrote a column about that at uh, PJ Media a couple of weeks
5: ago, or at least it was a part of a column, asking whether after two years of what I call uh, easy virtue, you could show you were better than everybody else just by putting this thing on your face. It's kind of like you, you mentioned the ribbons in the 90s. Instead of a ribbon, I wore this uh, round, uh, uh, sort of pink and brown thing, and it's because I'm in favor of nipples.
2: (laughs) Pro-nipple.
5: Pro-nipple. I'm not
2: afraid to say it.
5: And I don't care who crosses me. I will stand up for the nipple. (laughs) You're a humanitarian, Stephen Green. I'm a giver. uh, That's what they call me. I don't
0: know what what we would do without you. Well, so, I mean, listen, I I think that the, the vodka pundit name, I, of all the people I've ever met in, in right wing politics and the movement, your that that name for you is it, it's it's a perfect description. And, and what's 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 really great about it is you, you meet people and they seem to have one persona, uh, you know, uh, that it, it's fake and it's out there for the. It, you uh, you enjoy a martini, uh, really do. And, 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 and it's not fake and it's not phony. And I, I I envision you at home with your smoking jacket, even you know what I'm saying with your, with your martini. Well, and how did how did you decide to make that kind well, of your oh, persona when you're it to the, the writing side?
5: Before I answer, I want to say something else because those are very kind words. And oh my God, I'm like on the verge of tears here, but. The people I love most, the people that keep me coming back to CPAC, okay, fine, Ted Cruz is here. That's great. Marco Rubio is here. That's great. All the big names are here. I don't care. I don't go to the speeches. Um, I come here to see people like Fingers Malay. I comes here to see people like Sarah. Uh, right. I'm very sad Tommy's not here this time, but Fair I understand. Um, He's
2: here in spirit. Tommy's my husband for the listening audience. Everyone's a big fan of him.
5: And by spirit, she means panties.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair
0: enough. But you decided to kind of oh. incorporate that into, okay, I, when you started, and when did you start writing? So, uh,
5: believe it or not, last month uh, was Vodka Pundit's 20th anniversary, and I didn't wow. even notice. <laughs> I forgot. 20
2: years. Because Fingers is right. Like, when you read your pieces, you can almost envision, like, your voice yes. when you write is a smoking jacket, martini sipping.
5: Right. right. Right, like you talk. That's what I've been doing for 20 years now. Yes. Uh, so... I found Glenn Reynolds' Instapunit on 9-11 through Andrew Sullivan's site, who who linked to Glenn on 9-11, and like everybody else, I was just looking for a sane voice on a crazy day. And after a month or two of reading Instapunit every day, it was like crack cocaine. I mean, I was hooked from the first time I read Glenn. I, I thought, you know, I really want to launch a blog of my own, but I couldn't do it right away because I just asked my girlfriend to marry me. We had Christmas to get through and New Year's party and all that. So I said, okay, in January, I'm going to start a blog. And I was never actually, I was always a scotch drinker. And I thought, I want something like Instapundit, but dumber. I mean, seriously, (laughs) those were the exact words I said to myself. Instapundit, but
2: dumber. That was the inspiration. Yes. I love
5: it. And... I thought, well, let's let's work alcohol into that. I love to drink, and I thought Scotch punted but that either sounded stuffy or about Scotland. Yeah, it, it was right. But there's nothing. Uh, I was looking for what's what's the word? Not effervescent, but uh, light, kind of breezy. Yeah, and I
0: thought vodka pun. Vodka sounds a lot like Insta. It's actually perfect because you go back to the Scotch. And it also, it seems very elitist. Yeah, and I, yeah, I
5: didn't want that. My, my my goal was to make the unpalatable, the unpalatable news
0: palatable. Yeah. Yes. And you, you think back? I mean, my, my goodness, twenty years. Uh, you know, I've been God, pod- What have I done with my life? Now I'm going to cry. <laughs> I, I've Whoever been am oh, teasing, <laughs> teasing. But I, I yeah, I've been podcasting now. Somebody asked me the other day. Uh, I started back in 2009. So this been 13, I was going to say a dozen years. Yeah, thirteen years of you know. First, it was podcasts, and now you know, thankfully on terrestrial radio here on on Wham Talk 1600 AM. Uh, but also, you know, we got the, the nationally syndicated show uh, Eat, Drink, Smoke. Uh, and to think, of, you know, f- how much podcasting has changed from its infancy to to what it is now, and how it's exploded. To think about when you decided to start writing, I mean, you go back to uh, what blogger and uh, all all the blogspot blogspot blogspot.com. Yeah,
5: it it was so primitive back in 2002. You couldn't even upload photos, and I wanted a I wanted a headshot on there because I'm a very vain human being. Mm -hmm. But mostly, what I wanted to do is George Will had been using the same headshot for like 45 years. Yeah, when you know he (laughs) was much younger, and I thought. Just as an inside joke for me, I wanted to use a headshot from when I was like 22, ah. and I was 32. Mm-hmm. So that was, that, was, that was to make me happy, right? Not that I actually cared that anybody thought I was 22. Nobody would buy I was 22. But you couldn't upload a picture. However, I jury-rigged it. Amazon back then let you build a profile, including a little avatar, a little headshot, whatever you want to put up. So I uploaded this headshot from when I was like 23 years old or whatever it was to Amazon. Copied the URL and pasted it into the Vodka Pundit <laughs>
0: site.
5: Nice. So every time somebody loaded up uh, VodkaPundit.blogspot.com, it made a call to Amazon. They were. And this was before Amazon Web Services. I created Amazon, <laughs> <laughs> Amazon Web Services. You got no
2: me. credit not for a, it.
5: Not a dime.
2: Not a dime.
5: Bezos, you and me are gonna talk, baby.
0: Well, I, I want to get into a little bit of this uh, this subject because I and I brought it up with with Kira Davis over at Red State. We talked to her earlier, and, and also your colleague Stephen Cruiser. Good night, door, Kira. Uh Over at PJ Media, uh, there has been so much talk uh, at CPAC and in circles that I run in uh, about the a little bit of the pushback that sites are getting from their loyal readers about. Uh, the move that I believe is necessary for, for sites to have some sort of VIP service yep. to to help compensate for uh, traffic that may be lost and ad revenue that may be lost due to big tech. Uh, can, can you kind of talk about... Do you mind if
5: I talk a little inside baseball about what happened at Town Hall?
0: I'll go, go right ahead. Please. So,
5: uh, I'm just a writer. I'm not in management at all. I don't want to be. I like to be left alone with my keyboard and my cocktail, and I'm a very happy man, <laughs> but... The smarter people at uh, Salem, at Town Hall, saw what was coming before it happened. They they, 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 read, they read the trail. They saw the trail that Facebook, that Twitter were going to cut off our traffic. And that's our ad revenue. Yeah. And we have to stay in business or we have no voice. And so even before Facebook really started to shut us down on, on the traffic... Because Facebook now is like AOL was for your grandparents in the 90s. It is the internet yes. for yeah. at least a billion people around the globe. And we'll have readers tell me, uh, why aren't you still on Facebook? And I say, It doesn't matter if we're on Facebook, because for a billion people, Facebook is the internet, and that's how they find things. Right. Um, so what Salem did was exactly what you were saying. Downhaul. They created a VIP subscriber service. And number one, it touches me that... Even one person would pay $5 a month, $6 a month, $7 a month to to, to read my stuff. Every single one of those things makes me go, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's that's real. But it, A, keeps us in business, but B, it also, I'm speaking for myself and at least two of our other PJ Media writers, having the VIP section inspires us to say, okay, if I'm going to put an article behind the paywall, I'm going to give you the best stuff I know how to write. Yeah, because people aren't just looking at ads; they're 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 getting their their card debited every month, and it not only keeps us in business, it inspires us to be better writers, to entertain you more, to inform you more.
0: Well, I mean, th- there are certain things about the business that that content uh, consumers just don't understand, and and they you know, nor should they have to. No, it's not their job. But uh, you know, you hear about certain you know, websites that are center-right that, you know, you would think, okay, they they have to hire writers and and the writers aren't writing for free. Uh, You've got, you know, the management and then of course you've you've got, you know, the 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 infrastructure, the digital
5: infrastructure, yeah. But
0: when you hear that some of these sites have to pay staff just to make sure that what you are doing does not tick off Facebook in a way...
5: I call it anger the social media gods.
0: Yes. Yeah, I, th- that all costs money. Yeah, and and it, not only does it cost money, it creates a competitive disadvantage to to sites like yours, because I mean, you know darn well sites like. Jezebel, or don't have to worry about that stuff. Or you know, just I mean, ridiculous left-wing sites—they have a pass on everything, absolutely,
2: without even a second thought. Yes,
0: but 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 you you know, sites like yours, Uh, in the Town Hall umbrella, it's like you gotta you gotta hire staff just to worry about Facebook. So, uh,
5: one of my favorite people in the world is Paula Boyard, our managing editor, Mm. and she and I—we never fight. But we found ourselves uh, a couple, three years ago, when this really started happening, butting heads, not because we were having a major disagreement, but because of, I had written an article that had no purient interest whatsoever. It was about sex bots. But it wasn't, ooh, isn't this hot? Let me show you some pretty pictures of this, you know, whatever. It wasn't any of that. It was, these things are awful, because we're already in a culture where people aren't connecting. And people are instead of forming relationships are buying these sex spots this was not a hot item this was not a sexy column i wrote this was a column of despair (laughs) right it was a morrissey song in print (laughs) and facebook shut us down they labeled it as porn and they didn't just label that as porn they labeled pj media as porn and cut our traffic in half for a month Because I wrote an honest essay about why sex bots are destroying
0: relationships. Amazing.
2: So Facebook flagged the entire website Uh as pornography. Yes, but you know, but you know,
0: a piece like that could easily have been in Time. Yes, and and you know darn well that they wouldn't have shut Time Magazine's Facebook page down.
5: We, I cost the company that I love, that I've worked for since 2005, half a month's worth of revenue. For writing an honest column despairing about sex bots,
0: so that is why it is so important to financially support the the, the the websites that you rely on for your information because of of stories like Stevens right there and you. But that's also it seems like you, you do see the pushback and I understand. Like I said, you you you're so used to getting that free content, of course. Uh, but uh, also. I hope that we're starting to see an attitude shift where people are starting to get it, that they're seeing what's happening the, with the, big tech.
5: The only thing I can do to help make that work is exactly what I was just saying a couple of minutes ago, is if I'm going to put something up behind the paywall just for the VIP supporters, it's going to be the best dang stuff I know how to write. Yeah. Because I don't I don't want somebody coming away from a vodka punnet column asking themselves, why did I pay money to read that? Right, Because... I'm not necessarily a good
0: person, but I'm not that bad.
2: Right, you want people to get their money's worth. Exactly. Like, that's what a that's fantastic what said.
0: endorsement of the VIP section. Uh, sign up, Stephen. Stephen Green. I, I, what was that? I'm not. I'm not a. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I might not be a great person, but I'm not that bad. <laughs> I'm going to give you
5: value for your dollar, and if we have to do something indecent together, well, we'll meet later after more bourbon.
2: This is like managing expectations for, for But no, blogging. for VIP, I want to raise
5: those expectations. That's right. the whole point. Cruiser wants to. Kevin Downey Jr. Uh, wants to.
2: And it is. It's inspiring. Yeah. It's like you think about all those people out there, and you want to write something for them.
5: Yeah. Uh, and I, I've i been blogging for so long that... uh By the time I was 50, so two years ago, I was actually starting to look for the exits. And the only other person in the world I've told this to, two people. One, my wife, because I tell her everything. I love her. And the other is Steven Cruiser, And I just told him this uh, a few weeks ago. I was not going to leave in 2020. Big election. I'm going to stick through that. But I was looking for the exits. Yeah. But having this VIP thing, the subscriber thing actually work and uh, doing our live chat for three hours every Thursday for the vips re-energized me for something that i i I had been ready to give up Mm -hmm. and i I gotta tell you i'm not necessarily an emotional man i'm a guy who likes to drink cocktails and look at pretty women but (laughs) I, i i i was inspired i was moved to get back into the business that i'd loved for so long yeah
0: well before we let you go uh, for for how would you describe PJ Media to people if they if they've never been on PJ Media before?
5: You know, um, I, I was one of the first bloggers they brought on when it wasn't even a website; it was an advertising consortium. Just uh, the deal was, we uh, PJ Media will put ads on your blog, and four times a year they'd send you a check. And then it became a much bigger thing. But the original vodka pundit slogan on the old Blogspot site was the news with a twist of Lyme <laughs> and not everybody at PJ is me there are some more serious writers there are some funnier writers but that's always been our thing is to share how awful and crazy our world is in a way that is going to make you smile instead of be cranky because no. there, there's already enough anger out there there's
0: already enough crankiness out there I don't want to add to that we all want to subtract from that That's what we do. That's what he does. Steven Green from PJ Media. Thank you so much for joining us.
5: Figures, I haven't seen you in two years, and I have missed you. Sarah, I've missed you. Thank you so much. This has made my afternoon.
0: Right back at you. We'll be back with more of the Snark Factor on Wham Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 FM, right after this. Attitudes on the right when it comes to the death penalty are changing. You're seeing more people walk away from the opinion that they that the state should have the right to execute someone found guilty of a heinous crime. And joining us right now at the Wham Talk 1600 AM 92.7 FM table at CPAC 22 is our, 2022 is our good friend Demetrius Minor. Haven't seen you in a long time, buddy. How are you? It's been
6: too long, fingers. It's been too long. It has fingers. been. Now, you,
0: you are with uh, conservatives concerned about the death penalty. Tell yeah. us about that organization.
6: Absolutely. I'm sorry that it takes um, a eight-hour shift to get that name out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it rolls off the tongue. <laughs>
6: right. Essentially, what we're trying to do is take our message to conservative audience about why the death penalty is ineffective and three reasons why that are important to conservative. Number one, big government. Fingers, I don't trust the government to give me updated COVID numbers. Why would I trust the government in a matter of life and death? One. Number two, I'm pro-life. So that encompasses being pro-life from the womb to the tomb. It's not enough to just say I'm anti-abortion. It's not enough to say I'm pro-adoption. It's talking about the totality of life, even the lives of those that are live drastically different from you and I. That's number two. And then also number three, from a fiscal perspective, we need to practice fiscal restraint. And uh, I-, I know we preach about it. Um, every election cycle, we preach about it every year. But a way that we can practice fiscal restraint, let me tell you, in the state of Maryland, they spent over $186 million for a handful of executions. A handful. Yeah. What if we were to practice fiscal discipline by taking that money and reallocating to more important things, such as victim services, law enforcement, and also empowering the local community with public health and public safety, um, those are some of the reasons why the death penalty is ineffective.
0: Well, I, when you see, you know, people who have been uh, convicted and sentenced to death and executed, then you you find out later that they were innocent. Yes. Uh, when you, I, I, as a small government person, like like you said, you brought up earlier, I, I'm not comfortable with the government having enough power to, to right. ending your life, even if you are convicted of. Uh, you know, absolutely horrid crimes. My question to you is: because of the politics of the of the death penalty, and you, you really saw this more in the '80s and, and '90s, where politicians, especially on the right, who were, were running for office, didn't want to seem weak on crime. Sure. So uh, you know, that was always one of the 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 bombs that would be lobbed at someone, well, you're anti-death penalty, you're weak on crime. Are, are you finding pushback from politicians saying, well, I maybe I support you privately, but I'm worried I don't want to look weak on crime?
6: You're absolutely right, Fingers. Um, there's um, multiple uh, approaches to, to this answer. There are some who are very public in their support, and there are some who are private um, because they fear the fallout. A very interesting note, though, um, there was a, a, a poll conducted a couple of years ago among chief of police, and they said that the, the death penalty is not a deterrent to crime, mm. and that it is often a uh, a, a political shtick, as say, "Hey, I'm tough on crime," uh, so that they can leverage their political capital. But they, but they actually has said that, "Hey, it is actually not a deterrent to crime." So even amongst chief of police, even amongst law enforcement, there is starting to be a shift away from the death penalty.
2: It's such a complicated issue because it is. it's one of the things that a lot of people discuss is the uh, treatment that people get in prison, right? Sure. So over the years, obviously, it's gotten better, right? So you've, mm-hmm. you're, got, you're talking cable news and you're talking like they have cell phones in prison and you've the environment of prison has become more livable. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's become more livable is because we have more people in prisons who have committed nonviolent crimes. And you have people who are going, well, these people aren't murderers and rapists. They shouldn't have, you know, they're in jail serving time for their petty crimes, but they should at least get a good quality of life. So what you're talking about really is a whole justice system thing where if we're going to be serious about keeping people in prison who are actual hardened criminals and violent people, Human beings, violent members of society, and keeping them separate, then we have to make a, have a real good look at what we put people in jail for. And
6: are oh, absolutely right. And that that's the extended conversation of criminal right. justice reform, right? It's not just about retribution and punishment, right? I, I, I feel like those are those are buzzwords, and those are like it, retribution and punishment. It justifies our anger, but when we really think about it, what if we were to talk about safety? healing uh rehabilitation and how to reintroduce someone to society and it's a very complex matter but if we were to actually retrain uh or reprogram the way we think about the justice system then i think we can have a more rational approach to what that justice system looks like now one of these issues uh This feels like one of these issues where you can
0: actually have common ground with the left. Sure. So do do you have allies that you're working with uh, on the other side of the aisle?
6: Yes. Um, In the state of Ohio, which is um, Republican-controlled and and on the state level, and uh, you guys know that Ohio is a political bellwether state. Sure. There is a bipartisan effort. Um, to repeal the death penalty. Uh, the death penalty bill is sponsored, the, the primary sponsor is a Republican, former Congresswoman, actually, Jean Schmidt, who is now a state rep. But there are many people on the left, um, the ACLU, the NAACP, uh, there are many entities on the left that are joining Republicans and calling for an end to the death penalty.
0: Well, you can find Demetrius's work over at Concerned, or excuse me, conservativesconcerned.org It's conservatives concerned about the death penalty Demetrius, so, so great great to see you again Fingers,
6: Sarah, it uh, does my pleasure. heart really good to see you guys <laughs> You guys have been doing um, this for many years And continue to do the great work And I'm saying this with no hyperbole I can't imagine where we'd be without you guys as the conservative movement continues to go through a lot of changes and a lot of facelifts, I'm great. I'm glad to know that you guys have had a sustained presence here. Well, I if needed uh, those are very, very kind
0: sweet. words, Thank and you, I yeah. appreciate that very Thank much. Thank you, guys. Demetrius Minor, everyone. More of the Snark Factor on WHAM Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 FM. Right after this. Wham Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 FM. It's a snark factor. I'm Fingers Malloy along with Sarah Smith. We are live on tape at CPAC 2022 in beautiful... Orlando, Florida And joining us right now At the Wham Talk booth It's our good friend Jeff Reynolds Over at Legal Insurrection Jeff, how are you?
7: I'm doing great How are you doing,
0: fingers? Good I, I know you're part of PJ Media too But we've yep. had uh, Four or five PJ Media personalities <laughs> At this PJ'd point
2: PJ'd up Yes so.
0: I, I'm going to switch hats for it Right
2: well, we'll give you credit for PJ But let's talk Legal Insurrection
0: Yes, okay? absolutely Yeah, we've got a lot of friends Over at Legal Insurrection And uh, enjoy the work That you do over there so, so tell us what you do With Legal Insurrection
7: Yeah, so uh, As Right around the same time last year, I got put on by Legal Insurrection to run their criticalrace.org website. And that's a database of, we've built it up from uh, barely over 200 colleges to 560 colleges across America that are indoctrinating students in with critical race and uh, requiring things like bias training and intersectionality. And uh, you know, uh, uh, centering whiteness and uh, you know, uh, uh, countering whiteness and all that kind of stuff. So, it's been it's it's been a hell of a lot of work. We've done an amazing uh, database of just so much information, and we expanded it as it went along. It, it evolved from just uh, cataloging colleges, undergraduate colleges. We now do. Uh, we also have sixty elite private high schools. Across the state, uh, across the nation, so all of the the you know pipelines to the Ivy League and that kind of thing, you know those those kinds of uh, high schools, we've cataloged those, and and that's that's even worse than college. And then we just last week, uh, I'll, I'll finish up, but we did just last week we released the top twenty five medical schools in America.
2: Is this more of is this like a resource for co- potential college students and parents to see? What is being taught where? Or is it more of a um, uh, a, a resource for people who want to fight against it? Like, who are you? Yeah, uh,
7: the original idea was uh, parents had so many questions about uh, sending their kids off to college and and where are they going to face the, the most headwinds if they don't believe in... Uh, anti-racism and, and critical race theory. And so we just wanted to catalog all that stuff and, and let parents decide on their own. But it's turned into a lot more things, you know, uh, uh, like I said, with the, the, the medical schools and the, the high schools. and But, yeah, it's, it's a resource for parents to know exactly what's going on. One of the other things, too, is we have it uh, right at the top of the page. We have an interactive map. It's a map of the United States. You can click on any state you want to and look at Uh, what's going on. And I compiled uh, a a database of all the laws that have been passed, either pro or con, for every state uh, at both the K through 12 level and at the college level. So, for instance, uh, Oregon, uh, where I used to live, I I have now moved to the free state of Florida and I couldn't be happier. But uh, uh, Oregon, uh, many years ago, actually mandated critical race training for K through 12. Uh, you you contrast that students with students
2: or teachers. Students. Oh my. Goodness.
7: Yeah, uh, the teachers all, I mean, almost all teachers anymore have to go through uh, in in various different wow. um, districts. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's way worse than anybody understands. And that's that's the big message I want to get out. Is doing all this research for a year, nobody has any idea how pervasive this is. And the worst example of this is. Um, the, the uh, colleges of education that te- uh, that train new teachers that are coming into school out of out of college, right? They there's not a, a college of education that I've come across that doesn't require uh, anti-racism training and uh, extensive training in things like social emotional learning and uh,
0: critical race. It's it's so tricky to push back against because. You know, at first glance, you know, when, when you talk to someone and someone, is, you know, is asking you about this, this subject, you know, you're from the right, and the question may be, well aren't you for inclusion? And it's like, well, of course I'm Wait, for you're inclusion. you're against
2: anti-racism? How could you be? Right, right, Yeah, I'm right. anti racism The language yeah. is
0: intentional that right. way. And right, Exactly. frame right. it so well. Yeah. I think that one of the, the things that is, is is most troubling, other than the, okay, the, the, the idea that they, they they try to teach white people that they're, in you know, inherently racist and mm-hmm. things like that. It's, uh, <clears throat> this, 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 Battle or notion that, that maybe that they're they're trying to instead of teaching about equality, which is what we should all strive for, it's it's equity.
7: Yes. Oh, uh, so uh, this is this is a good example. Uh, the I believe, if I remember correctly, it was the uh, University of Southern Utah. I, I, I may have the the school wrong, but it's a it's one of the state schools in Utah. Has a, a definition on its website of the term equity. It, it, it does definitions of all the woke uh, phrases, right? So you know it's a handy guidebook for students to understand how to navigate. Uh, but uh, <laughs> handy, handy, handy. They they define equity as the equal distribution of preferable outcomes. Yeah.
2: That is a word salad. Yeah.
7: It, it, well, but it's it's more than just a word. It's it's very much a word salad. But it's more than that. Right.
2: It's a it's, word salad that makes dangerous. it sound like if you're against yeah. it, you're an awful, fundamentally awful right. person.
7: You don't, you right. don't want uh, minorities or, or underrepresented groups to have positive outcomes, right? Right. Yeah. You're
2: yeah. A, you're against that, right? Yeah. Oh, Wow.
0: So how much of this has crept into high school?
7: Oh, uh, very much. I mean, you know, we, we saw all the fights in 2021 in the uh, school districts. Yes. That would that's what won Glenn in the governorship in, in Virginia, right? So we've seen this across the nation. Um, it's getting worse. It's not actually getting better. Parents are now realizing it. And there's a couple of factors that have played into that. But there's there's so much of it. And there's so much of it that was jammed in at when the lockdowns happened with the pandemic. Uh, but it was, it was building steadily before that for many years. So it's everywhere. It, 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 and you have to search different terms. They're not going to come out and, and admit that they teach critical race theory unless uh, uh, they're, they just don't care. Uh, but they're usually trying to hide it and they, they're trying to shame you by saying, well, critical race theory is a college level concept that's usually taught only in law school. That's a load of horse pucky. Uh, that's, <laughs> that is, it's, it informs the the curriculum in everything they do. They're, they're pushing this down at all levels from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade and then beyond.
0: Well, you can find all of Jeff's work on this over at Legal Insurrection. Uh, before we let you go, you're also an author. Yes, sir. Uh, tell us a little bit about... Uh, well, your latest book. Uh,
7: yeah, uh, so the book that I wrote was uh, the uh, Behind the Curtain: Inside the Network of Progressive Billionaires and Their Campaign to Undermine Democracy, and uh, it, it it's a, uh, a journey into the dark money on the left, and it's it was the most difficult thing I a- ever had to write because there's just so much, and I, I you know it was very difficult to kind of put it all together into one coherent thing, right. but it, it I mean there's. There's just so much corruption. People have no idea. Well, I thought
0: the left wanted to get uh, money out of politics. Right. Yeah,
7: no, they, they don't
2: like dark money. Yeah,
0: no, they just want to get your money out of politics. <laughs> right.
2: The left doesn't like billionaires. What are you talking about? Right. They okay, hate George Soros. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> well, Jeff Reynolds, uh, Legal Insurrection, PJ Media. Check out all of his work there, and uh, check out his his book, Behind the Curtain, Behind the Curtain which you can get. At Amazon. Yes,
7: and uh, you go to whoownsthedems.com, and that'll uh, take you to the purchase page. Fantastic.
0: Jeff Reynolds, thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. More of the Snark Factor on Wham Talk, 1600 AM, 92.7 FM, right after this. Well, we're at CPAC 2022 20, in Orlando, Florida, and someone, a, a merry prankster from the left, uh, flew a helicopter over the hotel with a banner. Saying Putin, welcome CPAC to Orlando. Aren't they clever, clever people? Welcome back to the Snark Factor. I'm Fingers Malloy on WHAM Talk 1600 AM, 92.7 FM. Sarah Smith is womaning the news desk here and joining us at the WHAM table here at CPAC 2022. Is our good friend from PJ Media, Stephen Cruiser. Hello,
8: Stephen. Hey, I'm glad you're both here. Um, this is. We're glad you're here, Stephen. It, no, it's kind of weird here right now though. Right, because my pillow guy is next to us, and, and well, and he's a rock star here. Yeah. It is funny when you get
0: people uh, that have like we we actually interviewed uh, John Snyder yesterday from uh, Papa John's. Oh, great guy! Yeah, great guy. You, you, it's,
8: it's that a, was a fun interview too. You guys stood up. Yeah, you were like standing up and doing like, oh yeah, we're just like winging it now. Yeah. So, uh, but you, you'll see celebrities.
0: Like that, walking through here, and they'll have a a whole gaggle of people. They have a. The kids used to call it a posse back in the day. They have a posse with back them. in
8: the day. <laughs> Wait, I'm not a celebrity anymore. Oh no, I'm not. Nobody knows me here anymore. To be
2: fair, no. You, I mean, you and Stephen Green of PJ. I'd say the two of you do have quite a little following. Of did you
8: see what we did yesterday?
2: The I saw the live stream, but I didn't
8: see it. Went on for four hours oh, in the Mexican my. restaurant. Um, we ended up being there for a total of, I think, seven hours. We spent, I think, $800. Oh, good Lord. Um, yeah. I, D- they love us here. Oh, oh. Oh, they should. No, he and I are rock stars now. We walk through. So at night, we're doing the whole um, town hall media thing. Town hall's paying for the drinks at night. So they're like, yeah, we're hooking you up. But yesterday, Steve and I, so this is how great our fans are. Um, our VIP Gold subscribers, four of them showed up for this oh, wow. event, and one of them who couldn't be here sent a hundred dollars for our bar tab. <laughs> now
2: that that's commitment. That's a fan. That's a committed fan.
8: Yes, and so it was just yesterday. was like the, it was actually the most fun I've ever had in a single day at CPAC in my life. Because um, you know what a bitch I am about this event i complain so sarah and sarah and fingers both know i complain every time i have to come to cpac i'm like oh god it's it's like i'm going to the dentist yeah
2: how many years is this for you now
8: Uh, i my first one was 2011 but i don't go that often
2: right that's true right
8: um i go like every three years well tell people about pj media you of
0: course write the morning briefing yes uh over at pj media it's uh uh, you know, every day it's a, it's a newsletter newsletter that you can get Actual in the morning. Newsletter. That's why they call Which it. Which is morning.
8: a lot more work than you think it is. <laughs> when they first offered it to me, I was like, yeah, let's do it. It's fun. And then I'm like, Oh, <laughs> this is a thing. Well, it's so like what, what
2: process? <laughs>
0: yeah. We're recording this on Friday of uh, CPAC. Uh, what did you write about? Have uh, you have you been covering the conference? What's What do you think? Oh, is- this morning's, uh,
8: today's briefing was all about CPAC. Okay. Yeah. And what was the lead for uh, you? DeSantis, because he spoke yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to go with that, because that was the big thing. I still don't understand why CPAC had him on the first day in the middle of the day. I don't get that at all. I have all. a theory. Um, you, oh, I know. Oh, I think I know what your theory might be. Uh, they did not want to tick off Donald Trump. And there gave we a, go. Donald Trump there the, we go.
0: Gave uh, President Trump the 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 big uh, the the closing. He's given the closing speech, right? He's the, the tomorrow night. Yeah,
8: they never do crazy. a Saturday night speech. Oh, He's here.
2: speaking tomorrow. I thought he was talking on Sunday. He's speaking tomorrow night. I think it's tomorrow night. Okay. Well, Look, to be honest with you, but I've but it's a night. It's, at, ni- it's at night
8: though. It's right. a night though, which they don't do here. No, they don't. That's a thing. Right. Yeah. So, this is. Uh, I mean, it's a different CPAC than we've seen in a long time. We're having fun though because um, I just spent three hours at the pool restaurant, and you're not doing that. In, you're not doing that in Maryland. Um, you're not going to the pool restaurant in Maryland ever. It's. The, the interesting dynamic for this is that both Trump and DeSantis are Florida people. Yeah. And so you got to look at how it's going to go. And I have no idea what Trump's going to do. I, like People keep asking me, like, do you want me to put money on it? No. I'm not putting any money on that at all. I mean, DeSantis, if his wife stays healthy, he's going to run. You, you you really believe that? Yeah. Yeah, but and the X factor is if his wife stays healthy. Right. If that if she doesn't, then he's a family guy. He's done. I think there's significant political risk for him running because
0: uh, y- y- I think I think it'll be uh, the decision may be based on, of course, if, if Trump throws his hat in the ring. But if you look at everyone who challenged Trump in the primary, uh, oh, his if, record. Oh, uh, well, it, it's it's like. You don't look at these people He's doing the batting same.
8: practice. He's yeah. doing batting practice right now. You don't He's look, just hitting everything out.
0: You don't, you don't look at Marco Rubio the same. You don't look at, at Ted Cruz the same. You don't look at uh, Rand Paul the do same as think, far as presidential candidates after what Trump did to him.
8: I know it's your show, but I have a question. Go ahead. For both of you. Do you think DeSantis will uh, graciously take a back seat if Trump decides to run? See that's the big that's the big ask.
2: I think it's more likely to be a contentious primary. Okay, I don't think he will. I mean, maybe because he knows that he can run, you know, another eight years down the road, or even four years down the road. Well,
8: is twelve, right? Like he's got plenty of
2: time. So maybe, but I don't know. I think he... I don't know. I I I would say it's more likely that Trump picks him as his VP.
8: Oh, he's not going to do that. Why not? Uh, I don't think so.
2: He pulling all the. Everybody.
8: I think that the
0: smart move for Trump, if he was going to pick a vice presidential nominee, it would be Liz Cheney.
8: Obviously. No, or Rick Wilson. Um, (laughs)
2: Vice President Wilson, ladies and gentlemen.
8: Uh, You know, the Tim Scott thing came up last week. I'm going okay, that's kind of brilliant. Trump and Tim Scott, you're going to have a hard time beating up on that ticket. Because remember, Trump's a racist. Right, right. Um, But he's not actually... None of well, us. Look. But
2: if he chooses a black running mate, that's just going to be proof of his racism. Because something, because reasons.
8: Because reasons, mm-hmm. and let them fight that. <laughs> let them let if if Tim Scott could just go transgender in the middle of that, um, it would be wonderful. But so it's it's Tina Scott. I, I don't know. But here's the one thing I do think right now. This is as a former activist I'm a retired activist now I'm yeah. tired I don't care anymore <laughs> um, but if Trump's going to run he needs to say it soon I because that as long as he's coy about it 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 muddies the Republican picture Yeah, it, it makes it difficult to move forward so is he going to be a kingmaker or is he going, going to be the candidate and we need to know that soon Okay, And because now we're in, because you guys know, you both know, how long these presidential campaigns go. I remember um, my first 2012 gig for a campaign was in March of 2011. I I was in Connecticut for Republican Forum, which was basically all the candidates. So it's time. It's he has to make a decision now. But don't you think that's part
0: of his
8: personality? Yes, I know. He's, he's going to
0: drag it out as long as possible.
8: And the the thing I love about Desantis is he doesn't care. Desantis right. is like, I'm still here. Right. Well, well I'm my, like, well, I'm the guy. Well, my thing is
0: when you're uh, Tim Scott, that's a, that's a good pick, but. With so many of Trump's relationships, I don't mean to sound like I, I'm anti-Trump. If if Trump runs, I most likely will vote for him. I voted no, for him in 2016 and 2020. Gonna Not most likely, he's going to vote for him. I, I, I listen, <laughs> I, you always got to have a little qualifier, but, you know, it's it, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to vote for him. But the, the thing is, is that if I were someone entering that relationship, it just doesn't seem like uh, most of these relationships end poorly for the other person. I don't um, see
8: I don't see him in in, in in Mike Pence hanging out anytime soon that's not happening no that's a thing that's not happening but three people out there right now it's Scott it's and I know that a lot of your listeners and my readers are gonna hate this it's Christy Nome yeah that's number two It's true she's there or um got to bring them up from the farm system quickly. Yunkin. That's it. That's, that's what I'm looking at right now. That's how I go with this. Alright. And I do because you're a football fan. I'm a baseball fan. I do everything from a farm system. Okay? Yeah. And I see that's and, and Trump you know that DeSantis has a war chest, right? Yeah. He's bringing in the money right yeah. now. He's not going to I, I don't he I, I just don't see the DeSantis VP thing I don't see it at all
2: it would just be a lot easier for me
8: <laughs> well you know because we're always That's really all I'm well, worried about. you know I like to make you happy right but fair enough it's not gonna happen it's he's the thing is okay you and I have talked about this fingers yeah um DeSantis has the same ego that Trump does. He's just more subtle about it. Right. He's not gonna he's not going yeah, yeah, I want to be number two here. Right. Right. That's the great thing about DeSantis is he has the ego. He has the background. He has he's learning how to speak. He doesn't speak that well. He's getting yeah, better. It's
2: public, it's, it is getting Yesterday
8: better. was good. Yesterday was good. Um, everybody who was there was like yeah, I didn't like him so much before, but
2: yeah. Uh, now they've seen right. It was
8: like everybody loved what he did speech. yesterday. Yeah. Um he's his voice is a little reedy. You know, it's it's thin. And Trump has that Trump has that I've never actually smoked, but I sound like a smoker's voice. Yes. I, he sounds like he's like like just a you know, a bourbon and cigar guy like you, but he hasn't done either. And, yeah. And he's like, oh yeah.
0: It's like the eight Diet Cokes a day have done something to his voice. That's
8: it really what it's really just like. makes him
2: the perfect president. And I th- really th- well
8: and I think that we need to start looking beyond the two of them to see who else is there on the bench. Yeah. Right now. So Christy is there obviously. Um Youngkin is there, obviously. Uh,
2: I don't see Yunkin leaving Virginia anytime I don't think soon. So. I don't think
8: so. But, but he would be a great... No, that's he's, a, my, he's
2: great on the bench.
8: But that's my outside-the-box pick. Sure, sure. That's my outside-the-box pick. But he's thing. a
2: great bench member, for
8: 100%. Or his lieutenant governor.
2: Winsome Sears. Just
8: to mess with their heads. Uh, Just to mess with their heads. You know,
2: I could see Trump pulling her as I a would, VP. Oh he would God. do that. She's, she's a
8: Marine.
2: She's a she, No,
8: we have an actual marine. They're going over checking off diversity boxes. We have, we have a woman over here who is a marine, and that means she can actually break your neck at some point.
2: Huh. We love well, that about her.
8: Um, well, we, we need to wrap this up, Stephen. But before
0: we do, I had a conversation with Kira Davis uh, about this movement. And I think it's one that has to be done for websites like PJ and Red State. You know, town and a lot of conservative websites are doing this, having a, a VIP section to kind of protect the business. Yes. You know, because of you know sites like Facebook trying to to mess with right wing sites' uh, traffic, and you know you're seeing big tech screwing around with with right-wing sites. Uh, Can you tell people about uh, PJ Media's VIP section?
8: Uh, It's not just PJ Media, but Town Hall overall. We have a VIP and a VIP Gold. VIP Gold means you get access to all the sites, which is PJ, Town Hall, Red State, Bearing Arms, Twitchy, Hot Air. That's... um, Very few people know this. We are second only to Fox News... In the digital footprint of, of conservative media, um, we uh, what saved us through the pandemic was the VIP program. We launched it two and a half months before the pandemic hit, and it was it was the most fortuitous timing yeah. since Richard Pryor was alive. <laughs> um, uh, and so now we have people. And, You don't actually have to, like, pay... If you subscribe to my morning briefing, that's free. But we still have ads on that. We make money off of that. And you're supporting conservative media. But that's the thing now. It's going to be a lot of subscriber-based stuff. We're doing it. um, And you can opt in. It's opt-in, obviously. And that is the firewall against... Because Zuckerberg can't do anything to us, then... Um, uh, whoever that guy that replaced Jack can't do anything to us. Then, uh, and and we're getting bigger. We're a thing. We're I was talking to uh, someone, uh, another comedian, conservative comedian. There are some of us, out there. <laughs> John Mulrooney and he said we're just getting louder right now, and he can't stop us. That's the thing. Yeah, he can't stop us. Love and and when I say you know when I'm talking about paying, it's like. Five bucks a month Right It's not We're not Asking you to Mortgage your house
0: Well I think that There needs to be A mindset adjustment I understand people Are frustrated Because they're so used To getting free content But because of what Big tech is doing To uh, us on the right uh, It's very important To yep. support The sites that you, you you Are They're your favorites And you know That's why you're seeing So many people Going to Substack And well, yeah. uh, you know,
8: pay for content Or in Locals Yes. Ooh, yeah. That so no, it, and that's actually, I think people are starting to realize that because part of my job at PJ is to pitch the VIP stuff. Okay, so I have to do it more often than most people do, and I'm always like, "Are they going to get sick of this?" Lately, every time I do a VIP pitch, boom, subscriptions through the roof. Yeah. Because there's people, always
2: people that haven't been hit with seen it yet. But always,
8: pe- I think that. Change in the mindset that you were talking about. I think it's it's happening here. Yeah. People understand that, right? Stephen Cruiser, PJ Media. Check
0: out his morning briefing. Sign up for it. Find it at pjmedia.com. Yes. More of the Snark Factor on WHAM Talk 1600 AM, ninety two point seven FM. Right after this. You go into an event like CPAC and you think you know what the narrative is going into a huge conference. And then Russia invades Ukraine. And what happens? Uh, The kids would say, the script was flipped. Welcome to the Snark Factor. I'm Fingers Malloy. Thanks for tuning in. We're live on tape at CPAC 2022. Sarah Smith is here on Fingers. And my good pal, Tony Katz from 93WIBC. Tony Katz in the morning news. Tony Katz today. We're we're chums. We also co-host... Eat, Drink, Smoke, the nationally syndicated radio show. Lovely cigars, bourbon. It's the talk of the
9: town. It it is the talk of the the people, as they say, the the folk. Uh, I can't stop talking about Eat, Drink, Smoke, show.com. Well, Tony,
0: let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, you're here at CPAC. And you've done six hours of radio today. I saw you talking to Senator Mike Braun earlier. Yes. Uh, and the the, the conversation has been dominated by Russia uh, invading Ukraine. What are you hearing from people that you talked to today? What did you hear from Senator Braun? Just how serious is this, not only for what's happening in Eastern Europe, but also with relations to uh, the United States and Russia?
9: So, so I spoke with Senator Mike Braun of Indiana. I spoke with retired Army Major Mike Lyons, a radio analyst, a military analyst. Uh, I've spoken to a host of people. About what it is, their take is, and there's a there's a little bit across the map about what they think Russia's plan is, what they think Russia wants to do, what they think comes next uh, from, from from Russia. Uh, there's the idea that Russia could be, according to Major Lyons, might be looking for an off ramp, maybe a way to end this and still be able to get something out of it and save some face. Maybe they are looking for the whole of the country. They've got some radical demands like the demilitarizing of Ukraine and the removal of the government of Ukraine, the removal of Vladimir Zelensky, the the, the president. You speak to Mike Braun and you speak to some of the others and what you get to is some connective tissue, which is you don't know where Putin's going to go Is it total domination planting the flag in Kiev and being done. Uh, But you do get the recognition that Biden's mixed messaging is horrific. And his statement that he made at CPAC, well, he wasn't at CPAC, but he was during (laughs) the first day of CPAC, where he announces more sanctions, but not the strong sanctions. He doesn't announce the sanctions on the SWIFT system, which is the messaging transaction system that over 11,000 banks use worldwide. And if you can't send the message that, hey, we're, we're making this transaction... You can't do transactions, which would cripple them economically. He still hasn't done that as of the point I'm talking to you. So we were told by Biden, if, if Russia invades, strong sanctions. Russia has invaded. They invaded days ago. They invaded again. And yet we don't have it from Biden. And that's the one thing that keeps shining through. Biden hasn't lived up to his word. And there's it's, it's more gobbledygook than real solid messaging going on right now.
0: And the thing that, you know... One of the things that has been discussed and we talked about on Eat, drink Smoke uh, was how it will impact the United States. Not only the economy, but now you're starting to hear that they're, you know, Russia may be threatening cyber attacks uh, on the United States. Uh, so this is something that obviously people are going to have to like, pay
9: close attention to. So the cyber attack that has been happening in Ukraine, two sets of cyber attacks, this is something that Russia is very good at. They may be small on economy, but they're exceptionally good. In, in this world of cyber warfare. There's an economist out of Indiana University who made the claim that because of, of Russia's small economy, and it is, it's like it's a $1.7 trillion economy, but, for example, the United States is $23 trillion, and Germany is $3.6 trillion, so a double, if you will, that it will have a small effect on the U.S. I think that's a short-sighted argument, because we're talking about Russia having 12% of the world's oil, that they provide, 12% of the world's oil, that's going to create, a th- without that, prices go up. Therefore, shipping goes up. So I think it's a little short-sighted uh, to say that it's not going to have an effect if you're talking about trade. You're right. You know, Russia's not a big trading partner. But the effects elsewhere in the world economy, yeah, that's the real deal.
0: Yeah, let's switch gears a little bit because, you know, we, we're talking to other people who provide content uh from the right, and one of the things that people have, are worried about, obviously, is the de-platforming of you of know, their, their websites, or video content. I think you're one of the leaders
9: of, of a movement that's- Thank that's, you. That's, that's, Just leave it there. Natural <laughs> born. Thank you, Sarah. We all have our talents. That's uh, moving away
0: from YouTube stranglehold on video content and heading over to Rumble, Right. Can, can you talk a little bit about why you made that decision and what Rumble brings to the well, table? Well, it's a better
9: name. Yes. Would you rather YouTube or would you rather Rumble? Thank Not you. Both. Well, <laughs> <I> was, uh, <laughs> if they only made it so easy. Yeah. It's 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 the deplatforming thing is, is horrific. I don't care about your politics. If you think that someone shouldn't be allowed to speak because of X, Y, or Z, that's a, that's a problem. I think we can agree there are subjects that we don't provide an audience for but if i'm having a political conversation that's not one of them if i'm talking about abusing children we don't provide a platform for that and that's in and, and we're not that's not what's happening if i'm discussing or questioning something about covid right and something a doctor said i said well i heard this doctor say this what do you think that's not a reason to deplatform anybody right and so rumble doesn't play in that game doesn't play in that space so i go i went to rumble about a year ago now, rumble.com slash Tony Cats and you should subscribe because it's awesome. And life's been good and the videos are going great. We do a live video every day, Monday through Friday, the morning rumble at ten A.M. Eastern. And and it's it's been solid. And uh, I, I I see and I think like everybody else sees there's an opportunity for sites that just don't care what the mob has to say about any damn thing. <laughs> if you just stop giving a damn about the, the, the anger hate mob, everything's good. So go about being good,
0: which is why it's so important for people to go to their cigar lounge because yes. that, that is a safe space away from all of the madness. Safe outside. space, safe space. Yeah, I just did that. It's a safe nice. space instead
2: of crayons and blankets. You get pillow, you get uh, cigars and bourbon. Right. So,
0: but we've talked. Pay, pay
2: your choice. Yeah, but
0: we've talked about that on the show where you you know you, there's so much crazy, especially on social media, and there's a lot of hate. Uh, one of the great things about. Uh, the cigar lifestyle that we talk about so much on Eat Drink, Smoke is... It's insulated from a lot of that. You don't see people getting into heated political arguments uh, in the cigar lounge.
9: Never. I, I mean, I've had conversations in the cigar lounge. I've even had political conversations in the cigar lounge, mostly with you. Yeah. But, you know, I've never seen anybody get into a fight in the cigar lounge. Right. I have never, ever, ever, ever... ever... Like the thought of... The thought of someone getting into a fight in cigar lounge just blows my mind. Right? I mean, everyone in the place would be like, "What are you? What are you doing? What possibly are you doing right now? Do you know where you are?"
0: Well, it's been a long day for you. I appreciate you stopping by.
9: Are You throwing me out already? Well, I listen. Just you, because I'm multitasking? You've
0: done. You've done 15 hours of radio today. Uh, I, it's, I've done it for a minute. It's it's late in the afternoon. Late I know. In the evening. I know you're, you're probably ready for a good steak and, and a, a bourbon and a cigar. So I am happy to be ready for a good steak. So there you have and, it. And a bourbon. And a cigar. Find Tony Katz, All 93 WIBC, Tony Katz in the Morning News, Tony Katz Today. can be heard everywhere on your favorite podcast platform. And, of course, featuring Smoke, the nationally syndicated radio talk show hosted by Tony Katz and me, Fingers Malloy. Thanks, Tony.
9: Thank you. You really throw me out? Yeah, we're done here. Oh, huh? I love you, Michigan. <laughs> More from CPAC You're tw- my nummy. More from CPAC 2020. <laughs> my nummy, nummy,
0: nummy. From the Snark Factor on Lamb Talk 1600 <laughs> funny, you know, 92.7 FM. Oh, wow, I really am tired.